0: Hi, I'm Brad. Welcome to Strange for History, the podcast where we talk about, you guessed it, strange history. This is an older episode, recorded and produced before the podcast started to get attention, before editing was done to episodes, before I had a good feeling for how an episode of Strange for History needed to sound, and before our rebranding to Strange for History. These old episodes are not for the faint of heart. There's a lot of stuff here that I'm really not proud of, like audio glitches, bad dialogue, poor editing, and segments that needed to be dropped, like the interviews, or like the rapid-fire history facts. While you're welcome to start and listen from here, I would recommend that you fast forward to episode 12, Spanish Civil War, instead. Either here or there, I hope you enjoy this journey that we will take together as we explore many of the things that make us, us. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this little podcast, and even if you do not continue past here, I do so very much appreciate you and your time. Episode 4, Lichen. Today is going to be a bit different. While our subject matter is history, this is a certain type of history, called pseudo history. While it draws most of the story from real, historical events, a portion can be found in folklore and stories. Today, we will cover the werewolf trials of Europe, werewolves, the superstition behind the creature, and how these bled into the famous witch trials. And, as any good story goes, we need to first dissect what we're talking about, as there are many interpretations of werewolves in modern culture. Most of us have came to understand a werewolf as a few different things, depending on the time frame of our birth, and even how this fantastical fantasy fiend is intertwined with not only popular culture, box office hits, and romanticism, but also with a history of blood, fear, death, and a lack of understanding for the unknown. To begin, the concept of a werewolf is not a new one, and the idea of a shape-shifting man-wolf has been part of our history for as long as history has been a part of us. The first mentioning of these creatures come from none other than Herodotus, the famous Greek historian and father of what we know of today as history. He stated in his The Histories that a tribe to the northeast of Scythia were cursed, and once a year, the whole tribe would become wolves for several days. Another werewolf story would again come from the ancient Greek world, where a story of the king of Arcadia, when he fed the entrails of a slave to the god Zeus. Zeus, in his anger and disgust, cursed the king, turning him into a large wolf-like creature. Though others telling this story report instead that Zeus simply killed the king, incinerating him with a single lightning bolt. Another story, also from Arcadia, tells of a man punished by Zeus, of course, whom turned into a wolf as well. He, however, was free to escape the punishment after ten years, as long as he never, ever tasted human flesh. The brunt of the werewolf stories emerge in Europe, Around the early Middle Ages, though the most famous werewolf story would probably be that of Peter Stump. Sources claim the man known as Stump would be born in Bedburg, Germany around 1530, although the actual date is sadly lost to us. He was a very wealthy farmer in his town, and by 1580 he was a widower, with two children, a girl named Beely, also called Sebel, whom was over 15 years old, and a son of unknown name, age. It was around 1580 that people, men, women, and children, started to turn up dead, ripped to ribbons, and rumors of an evil wolf-like creature that fed on humans and livestock alike started to surface, being brought in from the countryside. Soon, people would only travel in large armed groups. Although every effort was taken to capture or kill the creature, It evaded its attackers all the way until 1589, when a group of hunters with hounds managed to finally track down and surround the demon. Upon moving in to finally kill the monster, they found no wolf, but the very still-much-alive Stubb, who protested his innocence at first. Confused and out of options, the hunters took him into custody. Under torture and threat of death, Stubb eventually cited that he was guilty, and was charged with the murders of as few as 16 people, 13 children, two pregnant women, and a man. Stubb would be executed, and his mistress and daughter, whom I do not need to mention or the same person, were burned at the stake. There is some mystery around the death of Stubb. He was, for better or worse, alive during the werewolf hysteria, which did reach its peak in 1580. But could this man be a real werewolf? Could he simply be a serial killer? And could it be something less? In a world ran by Catholic forces, it was dangerous to be different, especially to be a different religion. Stubb, of course, was a Protestant man living in a Catholic world. Could this be the reason for his ultimate end? Or could his werewolf curse just be something misunderstood? The world of mental health has evolved worlds in just the 26 years that I've been alive. And symptoms of lycanthropy, the werewolf curse, match up rather well today to a mental disorder called schizophrenia. Another story of werewolves in history is that of Jacques Roulet, whom used a magical salve to transform into a wolf to devour children. He, too, would be sentenced to death. But a conviction of feeble-mindedness would spare him his life, and he'd be placed in the care of a mental hospital in France, where he would stay for just two years before being released on the grounds of religious rehabilitation. Schizophrenia, rabies, pacts with the devil, paganism, Down syndrome, hysteria, and even the wrath of God have all said to be the original creators of the werewolf mythos. And even though the werewolf trials are long gone, the creature continues to exist in modern culture. Popular movies and games have romanticized the critters, and books dating back hundreds of years start to show the wolfmen in a different light. Some bloodthirsty savages, others attractive people just looking for love. In fact, werewolves and lycanthropy have a strange correlation with lunar cycles, something that was studied in-depth from August 2008 to July 2009 at the Calvary Mitre Hospital in Australia. According to the study, the full moon and lunar cycles bring out the beast in humans, increasing their aggressive tendencies and making them more violent. The study also revealed that 23% of all violent attacks against other patients or staff occurred during a full moon. Doctors and police officers alike will also confirm that full moons typically bring out the strangest and worst types of people. Could werewolves be a supernatural apex predator, or someone suffering from full moon madness, or simply a figment of imagination, born from fear, and a lack of understanding of the unknown? The fear of werewolves, however, has never quite gone away. As late as 1990, werewolf sightings were still pouring into local law enforcement and newspapers alike. The most famous example of these recent sightings would be that of the Beast of Bray Road in Elkhorn, Wisconsin, United States. The massive creature, almost 8 foot tall by accounts and weighing an estimated 700 pounds, was first sighted in the early 1930s. Witnesses today report being attacked by the creature, stuck in their vehicles or even striking it with their cars and trucks. Everything from werewolves, an extra-large wolf, to a bear with mange has been called into question, regarding the creature whose description simply doesn't change. Most recently, a strange creature chasing and killing livestock in Denton, Montana, was shot and killed in May of 2018. The creature boasted an extra-large head, odd, long, shabby brown fur, with legs too large to be that of any known canine creature in the area. Immediately, the call and response for werewolf rang out, and with the strange creature even getting a post-death DNA test by Fish and Wildlife Services, which would of course come back inconclusive. Could this be a mystery creature that we've not encountered, or a mysterious creature we hope to never encounter in the murky blackness of the night? Werewolf trials at their core were tied closely to the witch trials of old, Scores upon scores of people would be routinely targeted as different or strange, which oftentimes would be a death sentence. Often, the trials would be held in conjunction with one another, and it's hard to tell them apart at some points in history. Like always, the fear of what we can't understand drives us mad. Alright, so for this week's Q&A, I have my good friend, my shooting partner my call of duty buddy darren how you doing darren what's going on
1: i'm doing all right bradley yourself
0: oh i'm alive my friend i am alive so tell me i already gave you a little heads up as to what we'd be discussing today and i feel it'd be kind of uh dumb just to start out without mentioning it so tell me what do you know about werewolves and how they tie into modern history and culture
1: so there was a good bit of the, the 1500s um, going up in, into the 18th century um, where, especially in Europe, um, werewolves um, were a lot of times seen as somebody who was a serial killer. And if they didn't have any evidence, uh, a lot from my understanding is that's something they would use to kind of call them a witch or a werewolf so they could just get away with them uh, when they didn't have a lot of evidence.
0: Very, very true. How do you think that the overall aspect of werewolves and lycanthropy have affected modern society do you think it runs pretty deep in the human psyche to be afraid of these big fluffy man dogs i mean no i think for a long time in history
1: they were kind of you know they were feared and they were used as an excuse to, to kill people but with you know psychopaths like you know we got 2020 now uh people kind of see him as a you know, a cultic, you know, following or um, pop culture uh, they're used to a lot in. So I think recently nobody's really afraid of them. We all know they're not real or are they? Um, but they've kind of got a that modern uh, cult following now, which kind of makes it really cool.
0: Definitely. Another question for you. Now, they've been dotted all throughout history from 2100 BC. A werewolf was mentioned in the Epic of Gilgamesh, one of the first actual written pieces of folklore. Werewolves have been ingrained in pop culture for a number of years. But did you know they actually have a pretty interesting place in modern mental health care and medicine too? How's that? Uh, werewolfism or lycanthropy is believed to be directly affected by.
1: How's oh, that?
0: Yeah, it believes to be uh, directly affected by lunar cycles. And there's a huge correlation with the amount of people who are dangerous or aggressive and display psychopathic tendencies during a full moon, which directly correlates to that full moon mythos that everyone attributes the werewolves to. Hmm. I didn't know that. And did you know we have our own werewolf here in the U.S.? Who's that? The Beast of Bray Road. I already covered him a little bit in the episode, but if you would go online and do your own research, he's been cited religiously since the 1930s. His descriptions never, ever changed, and everyone from politicians to teachers, doctors, lawyers, police officers, and even high-ranked military personnel have seen the thing at one point in time or another.
1: I'll have to look into that. That's actually quite interesting. I didn't know we had a local one.
0: It's not really local. I mean, he's in Elkhorn, Wisconsin.
1: I've been to Wisconsin a few times. I wouldn't be surprised. There's quite a few Harry motherfuckers up there.
0: (laughs) That is true. That is true. Sorry to any uh, Wisconsinites out there that we just called (laughs) Harry.
1: worst relationship with Wisconsin. I went to my aunt's wedding up there, which is about a 10-hour drive from West Virginia, and on the drive back, it was a Sunday afternoon, and I had just checked out of the hotel and everything, got up on the uh, on-ramp to get on the interstate to make the 10-hour drive back to West Virginia. Lo and behold, a turkey decides to fly through my windshield and die in my passenger seat on a Sunday evening in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Still dark in the morning, so I was afraid I was going to get attacked by a werewolf in Wisconsin. <laughs> so I got stranded until Monday to get my windshield fixed. I don't like Wisconsin.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've never had anything quite like that happen, but I had a squirrel jump in my passenger window once.
1: Oh, breakfast—that's
0: nice. Oh no, he was—he was not happy. He very quickly eated himself on out. <laughs> uh, All right. Do you have any questions for me, my friend?
1: No, I think that's it. Uh, I've done knew quite a bit about peter stump and uh how he was kind of a um a serial killer back um back in the uh, 1500s um and i really i'm really interested to see what you you had covered that on that earlier
0: yeah i touched on him a little bit i gave some basic information about him um really there's not a whole lot about peter Stump as a werewolf Mostly what we have from him is the fact that the majority of his hometown thought that he was an absolute monster, which is something else that directly correlates to the whole werewolf mythos. Anyone who committed these weird, dangerous, aggressive acts are almost immediately pegged as you know this large, evil, intimidating creature, even with absolutely no evidence of it, just like the witch trials here in Salem.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the only major things that we have uh, leading back to him was uh, the list of crimes uh, that he committed was one of, like, the only surviving documents, and I think it's actually in a museum somewhere, I forget where.
0: Uh, I believe it's somewhere in Germany, and I think they have a copy of it at the London Museum, from what I remember
1: Yeah, he was born in Germany, um, and that was the London Museum, you're correct on that.
0: All right, do you have anything else left to say?
1: No, that's it. Look forward to hearing the rest of the episode.
0: All righty. Well, thank you very much, my friend. You've been an awesome guest, and I will definitely have you back on at some point.
1: All righty. Sounds like a plan.
0: All righty. Later, Darren. Later. All right, guys. That was my friend Darren. Uh, If you're interested in getting your own PC build or anything like that, you can definitely, definitely check out his little business. I'll include a link to it in the show notes. Oh, hold on. He's calling me back. Hey, what's up?
1: Hey, you might want to check uh, that recording real quick, because for a good, like, 20 seconds there, I completely lost all audio for you. That's why I was like, no, what was, I haven't, I said that twice, back to back.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, I still have it on my end. I was asking questions and rambling, you're good.
1: Okay, good, yeah, because I know I had to ask, like, twice in a row, like, are you, like, without just straight up saying, are you still there, buddy?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I get you, I get you.
1: Okay, Um, when are you coming down,
0: man? Uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about it when I'm done recording. I still have the thing up.
1: Okay, cool. I'll catch you later.
0: Yep, later, man. Bye. Bye. Sorry about that, guys. But like I was saying, if you're interested in helping Darren out, he does own a little business down in Cross Lanes, West Virginia, doing PC builds and repair. Uh, if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, you know, make sure that you review it. Tell your friends, write a review. best place to do that is actually uh, Apple Podcasts. I also have a Twitter page. I'll include the link to that in the show notes as well. And make sure to join me either – well, next week is Christmas, so next week's episode might be a little bit late. But next week we're going to cover witch trials. A lot of that's going to be set in Europe, but I'm also going to touch on the Salem witch trials that occurred here in the U.S. So I will see you guys then, and thank you so much for hanging out with me. On today's date, December 17th, I'd like to remember the first time our feet left the ground and what sparked a new form of travel, transportation, leisure, and war. Although the famous flight of the Wright Flyer was short, measuring hardly over a hundred feet, it would make history as the first time a real, powered airplane would break the bonds of the earth and take to the skies. At a speed of almost 25 miles an hour, the plane soared on its final flight, during which the famous photo we all know would be taken. Humans would conquer the skies within the next few decades, leading to groundbreaking evolutions in our daily lives. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Strange for History. I hope you enjoyed learning about today's subject, and it was a lot of fun having you with. Brad, not me (laughs) you'll have me if you start on episode 12 you can find this podcast on many different places such as facebook and twitter that's at strange the number four history and on all major streaming sites as well such as google amazon spotify apple um even good pods those indie ones or really wherever your ears are listening we at strange for history appreciate your companionship and hope you continue to enjoy learning about those strange weird things that make us us